Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Today's cool fact of the day is that some extinct hominids didn't just stab their prey from a close distance. You might be saying, what the heck? But check this out. Archaeologists at University College London recently had a sporting event of prehistoric proportions to figure out how cavemen could actually hurl Stone Age spears at prey with any power, accuracy, and distance. Because if you've ever tried to throw a spear, it's actually kind of hard. So these athletes were six javelin throwers, and they were probably as strong as the average Neanderthal. The weapons were two replicas of 300,000-year-old wooden spears, which were one of nine ancient hunting tools they found in Germany in a coal mine. And a lot of researchers think that these Neanderthals snuck up on and stabbed the prey with pointed sticks, basically. And, well, that would be kind of cool, except maybe that's not true. The data from high-speed video cameras at the throwing event showed a crucial piece of evidence for long-range hunting. It turns out that there was no loss in a spear's speed or physical momentum between its release from the athlete's hand and when he hit the target. In other words, they built their spears right, even though they were these cavemen that we like to think of as dumb, just because they have overhanging uh, uh, foreheads and things like that. Well, what does that mean for you? It means that if you, like me, have some genes from the the Neanderthals, you may have the gene that gives you less back hair than average. Yes, that comes from cavemen, and yes, I have that gene. So if you ever see my shirt off, I have less back hair, and maybe I can throw a spear. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy, it helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD plus even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD plus. Check out Qualia NAD plus risk-free for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. In today's episode, I have two athletes on, two twins, uh, brothers, and I'm talking about none other than Bob Bryan and Mike Bryan, uh, twins who are some of the best-known tennis players on the planet. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks Thanks for having us. Thanks, Dave. Now, you guys have last... I counted, won 117 tour titles, which is unprecedented, but is that number accurate? 118. 118, 118 but no one's counting. (laughs) And Mike's got a few extra. Uh, You have a career super slam, 16 grand slam titles, more than any men's team. I'm just going to go straight for the, the money question with you guys. What the heck makes you so good at this? I mean, you, you are performing at this incredible level. And, and if, if, Grant, I'm asking both of you, but is there one thing you would credit this to? Well, it helps being twins. Uh, we've been playing together for almost 41 years. Um, and most teams join together for just a couple. So, um, you know, we've been on tour here for 20 years, played over a thousand matches together. And it helps that he has a 140-mile-an-hour serve, lefty serve. I got a decent <laughs> return. We think alike, so we can kind of read each other's minds. So we move together and cover each other on court. 
and uh, we we really love what we do. We're having we're having a blast. We're 41. We're still going strong. We're playing against guys almost half our age, and uh, figuring out ways to beat them. So we're having a good time. So you're you guys are in your 40s, like early 40s, mm. uh, and that's really interesting. There's been all kinds of literature, and, and you know because we've we've chatted over dinner. Um, you know that I do all sorts of strange neurofeedback and things like that. There are unusual things written in various books about how there's intuition and connections between siblings and mothers and children, and especially between twins. Mm-hmm. Do you think that some of the reason that you guys are so successful is that you're connected cognitively in some way that's hard to explain? Yeah, I think uh, we can get an energy going on the court that just feels like it's going in one direction. Uh, I think it can be intimidating for opponents to to feel like we are kind of a, a two-headed monster coming at them. Um, you know, we're extremely loyal to each other. Um, we, we have our blowout fights. We've had, you know, many slumps where it does get frustrating. But uh, just having the confidence that we're not going to, you know, go down the street to the next partner is it's comforting and it actually makes us stronger um, knowing that, we can have our tough moments and, and the other guy's not going to, um, going to bail. So we're building, um, all this experience, all this, uh, all these situations that we've been through together is only, is only helping us, um, for the next match. But, um, yeah, yeah. And we practice together every day and we've played together for so many years. I believe it's more the reps, um, playing with someone being by their side on and off the court for so long that you kind of, lock wavelengths and you, you start thinking like we always finish each other's sentences um when we watch back our matches it's eerie how we're bouncing at exactly the same time wow and then our it's 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 crazy to see it's like um we're just one energy out there um but we're also extremely different which you know um uh, we're identical twins he's more right-brained i'm more left-brained he's more creative like he can paint and draw and i have no artistic ability um <laughs> super anal with my time and I'm super organized and he's just easy going. He's got three kids, brings them on the road, you know, he'll practice and then just head off to the park where I'm, you know, trying to biohack and get in the, you know, hyperbaric chambers and he's more loosey goosey, you know, which, um, so your personalities are very different, but you have the same yeah. genetics. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is the right brain, left brain. Um, you know, I'm left-handed. He, he's right-handed. But uh, we complement each other well. Um, like he said, he's very anal and um, he's into the biohacking. Um, he's been into it for 15, 20 years. Wow. Uh, when was the first year you went gluten-free? Well, yeah, I had more injuries when we turned pro. You know, I had like bouts of arthritis. You know, I was um, my stomach was struggling. I was getting sick a ton. And he was totally healthy. had no problems whatsoever. So then that's when I went gluten-free, started adjusting my diet, started, you know, taking care of my body more, and just went down this whole rabbit hole of health. Well, you, um, you do look healthier between the two of you, if I could just say. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no but like I, like he said, he was, you know, in the early 20s, and he was dealing with injuries. Um, and I was, I was laughing, I was kind of laughing at him. I was just like, hey, man, I'm you know, I'm indestructible here. Like, um, are you some kind of a wuss kind of a thing? Yeah, I, I thought he was a wuss, but he was having some really bad luck. And, okay. you know, he started clearing up his diet and, and doing some stuff differently. And he started feeling great. And then right. you know, we went doubles. And, and You guys are the it. best guinea pigs ever. Like, have you both done your Viome tests? Like, like, do you have different gut bacteria? Do you, have you done the genetic, like, full workup to see? Done all that stuff. It, I got I'm trying to bring Bob along. He he catches up like a few years later, but I've done the biome, I've done the genetic testing. I think it all relates back to when we were born. I was a little bit undercooked. <laughs> I stayed in the hospital for an extra week where he went home. Uh-huh. I was in an incubator, I had jaundice. So I think I struggled a little bit from the early stages and then I was a little bit more prone to, you know, sickness. There you go. That that could yeah. that could easily explain a huge amount of that, right? Because your gut bacteria changes in that, and uh, there's even a birth yeah. trauma thing that happens. Right? If you're in the hospital for a week, I, I was I came out with a cord around my neck, and there's long term studies around autoimmunity in that. 
right? So, okay, maybe that's what it was. You you got a different bacterial start and, and you guys went in different directions. The right and left hand thing is mystifying to me, but I, I want to like look at your data next to each other. But I mean, there <laughs> there aren't very many uh, twins who have something called the Brian Golden Slam <laughs> named after them. You're like, oh, we took the French Open, Wimbledon, the Australian Open, the US Open, oh, and, and a gold medal in, in the Olympic. Like, that's crazy. Uh, so I, 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 I like to theorize that you guys must have some sort of magic connection there. The right and left brain thing is also, I think, pretty unusual for identical twins. Uh, at least I'm, I'm not an expert in that, but from what I've read. You see, you see a lot of identical twins that are left and right-handed, um, damaged twins. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so, I think that's where that comes from. All right. And then I also heard in there the, the 10,000 hours. So you've been playing together longer than most, uh, than most people who've played doubles. Have either of you in your career spent enough time playing with another partner to really like get to know them at least a year or something? Yeah. Well, um, last year, Bob actually went down with hip injury, which is, the first injury uh, amongst us that kept us off tour. Um, you know, we played 20 years straight. We were having a great year last year on a roll, the number one team in the world. And uh, in Madrid, in the finals, he just felt a sharp pain in his hip. It was like a sniper got him from the top of the stadium, and he oh. couldn't put any weight on his hip. Um, we had to put him in a wheelchair, and uh, we were hoping, okay, this is going to be a two-week thing. But it ended up being about eight months. He needed a full-on hip uh, resurfacing, um, which we were hoping that he wouldn't need. He tried the stem cells. He tried every other therapy, but it was just too far gone. It was um, basically bone on bone. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to rehab for three months, and then I went to a doctor to get scoped, and the guy looked at me and just said, this is unscopable. And uh, he says, what do you want to do? And I would love to come back and, you know, retire on my own terms. And he said, okay, you're going to need to get uh, a hip replacement. So I got a, I got a guy that he does a modern version of it. It's called resurfacing where they, but it's still a, a metal ball and a, a cap. And, um, but I was back five months later. Yeah. So you're, you're a cyborg now. Yeah. Do they have special cyborg rules? <laughs> uh, well, there's, there actually, and there's another cyborg, um, Andy Murray just had the same thing done. He's pretty big news over here in, uh, in London during the tournament. Um, he won Wimbledon singles twice. And so he's, wow. he's 10 years younger. So he's going to try to come back and play singles with this uh, surgery, which is, should be interesting. We'll see if he can do it. Yeah, it was, it's pretty cool. Bob was the first guy to come back with a metal piece in his body and the first player to win a match and then first player to win a tournament. And we're having a great wow. year. Now we're one of the favorites for Wimbledon, which he's done an extremely uh, hard rehab schedule and um, got back to 100% where he's actually moving better than he was before, which is really cool. He kept telling he keeps telling me that I'm gonna have this done. I'm I'm stretching every day. I'm rolling. I'm doing everything I can. But we're genetically, we have, we're pretty similar. It is interesting if if you're the the one with the autoimmune issues or or you know whatever the the earlier injury thing, but your hips are doing all right. Have you done imaging? Are your hips still in good shape? Because maybe some of the things you're doing work, or are you also like getting ready to, you know, like like okay, you're 40, you've been playing, you know, professional tennis for 20 years. It's kind of hard on the body. Yeah. Like, do you, do you feel like you guys are kind of in alignment, or are you actually pulling out ahead? Did you grow your resilience because you didn't eat all that gluten or whatever? Well, at 25, I went um, to the hospital. I was feeling a lot of pain in my hips. I had arthritis. They did an X-ray and they're like, okay, you're you're bone on bone at 25, and they're like, that we're sucks, gonna have man. to shave down. <laughs> both your hips, um, and it, it was a career-ending injury back then because the technology for the surgery wasn't yeah. around. And so a lot of guys were going down with that, but then I just totally shifted everything, started just fixing my microbiome, uh, foods, everything. I just totally went into biohacking mode. And I think I've just really extended the life of the lives of my joints um, somehow. Um, how long they can hold, I'm not sure, but I do have more space in my joints now than I used to, which is um, pretty amazing to see on like a an X-ray that um, I've regrown you're some cartilage. You're the only guy in history to regrow cartilage. Yeah, Bob's skeptical, but um, I do feel better now at 41 than I did at 25. If it helps, this anti-aging nonprofit group uh, that I run uh, in the Bay Area or that I ran. Uh, we had a lady come in. She weighed about 400 pounds. Uh, I would translate that to stone because you're at Wimbledon, but I don't know how to do that. Yeah. And uh, 
she was on a walker and she came in, she's, I'm going to inject ozone into, in her case, in her knees, her cartilage. And she shows her x-rays bone on bone. And she does three prolozone treatments. She comes back about six weeks later to the next meeting without the walker. <laughs> she says, hey, everybody, hey, everybody, look. And she shows us her x-rays and you can see the cartilage that regrew. Really? That's strange. It was crazy. So uh, we definitely have cases where it can regrow. And I've seen stem cells do crazy stuff, but if it's gone, if it's bone on bone, or if there's slow growing infectious stuff that doctors oftentimes don't realize might be a part of it, the stuff that eats your collagen, uh, that can also be an issue. But mm -hmm. you, uh, you, know, you brought it back, uh, uh, so something happened, but you, it does happen that you can regrow it. And the idea that you can't is that it's hard to regrow it without the right environment around it. But I would, I would love to see more professional athletes uh, doing preventative maintenance in the joints, you know, eating more collagen. And the other thing is, I'm assuming you're both eating collagen now. Oh, yeah. For joint yeah, production. Oh, yeah. yeah. All, right. All day. It takes seven <laughs> years to replace half the collagen in your body with new collagen. Like the, the rate of replacement is very slow. So like keep eating your collagen, yeah. do this, do the stuff in your joints. I think you can easily get another uh, five or 10 years of, you know, playing uh, professionals, uh, you know, professional level sports and Nick Foles was just up here at, at Bulletproof Labs, you know, MVP from the Super Bowl. And he's also, you know, older than a lot of the guys, but he's you know, hanging in there. But it seems like the guys who are practicing preventative maintenance are are just extending it. Tom Brady does the same sort of thing. How long do you think it's feasible for you guys? Well, the average lifespan for a tennis player used to be around 30. Um, if, if you look at you know, all the guys in the past, you know, Pete Sampras retired at 30. Agassi mm -hmm. made it to like 34, 35, and he was ancient. No one could believe he made it that long. And he, he went out of the U.S. Open. And he had really bad hips, had them both replaced. Um, you know, if, if you do everything right and you take care of your body with the recovery, get your sleep, you don't go out, you don't drink, and you take the right supplements. I've been taking collagen now since I read your Bulletproof Diet book, uh, I think, maybe three or four years every day. Oh, nice. And wow. um, I think you can you can go in doubles until you're 45. I mean, wow. the goal is to play the Olympics next year. It'll be, we played our first one in Athens. And so that will be 42 there. And why not try for the next ones, I think, in LA. Hmm. We'll be 46. Uh, you got to set these goals and, and really work every day to do it. Um, it's being professional in every aspect of your life. And... Um, I'm trying just to dial in the health as best as I can, because when I'm done, I want to be able to play with my kids. I want to be able to, you know, walk down the street and not be, you know, limping or needing uh, metal yeah. in every every joint. So <laughs> that's my goal is to retire healthy, but keep playing as long as we can. I want to know what you guys do different in your uh, in your training and recovery at 41 than you did at 31. So what have you learned in the last 10 years about how to manage your, manage your either one of those recovery or training? I've learned that you need to scale it back. Um, you got to really devote time to the recovery. So we're doing more time recovering than we're on the court. So we used to hit when we were in our younger twenties, we used to hit three or four hours. And, uh, now we're going out there really intensely for 45 minutes to an hour getting it all in um, quickly, and then we're starting the recovery process. So we're, I think we're scaling it back, and we feel a lot better, more energetic for practices and matches than being in the gym and the court for just way too long. Um, and you don't, like, I track my HRV and um, all this, and if I go over two or three hours of exercise, I can see that drops dramatically the next day. So just trying to find the right balance and we've hit a million balls. So short and quick on court. And then, um, it's all about the recovery. All right. Do you both sort of practice the same recovery techniques, technologies, or do you each have your own sort of path? So you train together and then you, one's getting a massage, the other one's in a sauna or something like that. Yeah, we, we well, both do it. I think I probably do a little more simple. I mean, I do a, a lot of massage. I, I use the Normatec. I use the Theraguns. Um, we have a beamer. We, we each have a beamer. Uh, so we'll do that in the morning and in the evening. Um, and then you take it a, a one step further and he travels with a bag of stuff. Um, I, I bring an extra bag of, of supplements. Um, I have, 
have you heard of the ARP device? It's the, you know, it's it's electrical stimulation. So you can do, you know, yeah. fire your muscles in a, in a short amount of time and build muscle that way. Yeah, exactly. There's a, it, it uses a mixed waveform. I have a, a Russian prototype that uses that same waveform. A new stim makes one and uh, actually at Upgrade Labs, we've got a, a new one coming in with the same set of waveforms. So, so yeah, that, that's cool. So you actually travel from those. That, yeah. without, that'll... The right kind of electrical stimulation will cause muscle and even nerves as well as cartilage to regrow, uh, which is which is cool. That was another technology besides ozone that grows cartilage. Okay, that's cool. That's that's pretty unusual. It's pretty expensive too. Yeah, and then we'll <laughs> always uh, do ice bath. I mean, that's it's painful, and they always have them at the tournaments. Now they they don't okay. have. Um, How long do you go in? You know, we go like ten to fifteen. I mean, we they don't have cryotherapy at tournaments yet, so we'll try to find that yeah. if it's around the city. Um, you know, I try to hang out with Novak Djokovic. He's super into that. He also brings an, a big 16 wheeler where he has his own hyperbaric chamber, his own cryotherapy, his own float tank. He's got everything in there, which is nice. So I'm trying to, uh, I think I need to interview him. I didn't realize that. Oh, he brings I'm trying to snuggle up next to him that. so I can hang out in his RV, you know, which is really no cool. kidding. That's, that's how to roll. Uh, Tony Robbins uh, does a lot of that. I, I, I've spoken on Tony's stage a couple of times. And he has like the stuff flown in. So there's like an inflatable cryo chamber and, and all that. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not that big time myself. I, I just like uh, take a cold shower <laughs> when <laughs> I'm on the road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, At home, I'm kind of, I'm set up here. Yeah, and then we're tracking. I, I have the aura ring. I see you're wearing it. Okay. Uh, I'm super into my sleep. Uh, I feel so much better when I get a, a good solid, you know, six and a half, seven hours when it's not fragmented and broken up and I'm, Always yeah. worried about the temperature of the room and the light exposure. Um, and I still haven't really cracked the code because of all of my good nights and my bad nights, but I think it's a lot of jet lag involved. Um, and then just being in different, you know, houses or hotels and um, still trying to dial that in. Bob, you sleep like a oh. baby every night. I have, yeah, for some reason. I got two or three kids in my bed and I have like my real estate's like six square inches of bed that, that I work off of, but I feel decent in the morning. I don't know why. I'm a better sleeper than Mike uh, for whatever reason. I can sleep through whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, I don't I don't really need to be dark in the room. Mike's taping curtains and um, making sure there's not one crack coming. Come yeah, I'm very sensitive. I think I my nervous system's a little overactive, so I. You know, I get up to go to the bathroom a few times at night. Sometimes I have trouble getting back to sleep. You know, I always have um, supplement. You know, I, I sometimes I eat a bar like in the middle of nights because my blood sugar, I feel like that might drop. And that's what's Interesting. waking me up. Sometimes my adrenals are a little taxed and maybe the uh, cortisol spiking there. There's not enough. or So I'm trying to figure that out. But um, I've had about five months of data on the aura ring. And I'm looking at it every day, and maybe it's in my head, but yeah, it probably is. <laughs> I'm trying to figure. <laughs> I love this maybe because you guys are twins. Like like, a, this is fascinating. Relax. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know. I, I I get into it, and then you know I, I try to figure out if meditating. You know, the, I think that's really beneficial. The more I do, I, it, it still hasn't really affected my sleep that much. Um, then I ordered this mini CPAP device from China. It's like 15 yeah. bucks on Amazon and it blows air through your nose for 15 bucks. Does it work? I haven't tried that And for 15 <laughs> bucks. It, it goes out of battery. So I had to get two and uh, my order <laughs> ring actually spat out some great data. Like I only woke up once, had better REM sleep, I had better deep sleep, but still not like super optimal at like an hour of REM and an hour and 20 minutes of, of deep. Um, I know you're around the two hours in both. But uh, if on, on a good night, like yeah. I, I was just, you guys made me check right now. I did, I did an hour and 31 of rim an hour and 30 of deep and six and a half hours last night. You're my, How'd you do? Um, last night I had 57 minutes of rim and an hour of 10 of deep, but I was up for an hour and 20 minutes. So oh, it, man. It, efficiency is not, not great. So I'm just twiddling my thumbs in the middle of the night. I, I mean, I could spend that time doing reading or doing something, but I'm just fighting for sleep. And I know how important it is because I, I play so much better and I can concentrate so much better on the court. I see the ball. But um, so I don't know. Uh, I'm going to have to come maybe do a sleep study one of these days. Uh, yeah. Time. Check that out. I want you to take your aura ring 
and give it <laughs> give it to Bob just for a night or two. Yeah. And just let's just like measure what he does. You can delete the data from those nights so he doesn't dirty up your data stream. Uh, and, uh, and just see, like, does he actually sleep like a baby or is he just think he sleeps like a baby and he's actually getting the worst sleep on the planet and just is made out of, (laughs) made out of titanium. Uh, Yeah. I want to see, I definitely want to see, I gave it to my girlfriend, I gave it to her mom and they, they look good. I mean, they stayed down and deep for a long time and they're getting the rim. I only get the rim from about six to eight in the morning, which is, you know, most people I think are supposed to get it throughout the whole night, but I'm only getting those, um, key rim hours from six to eight when you know so if i wake up too early I'll, sometimes i'll look at it, i'll have zero minutes of rim and it's really oh, tough man. tough to focus on um on that little amount wow all right i got a i got a couple of hacks for you okay yeah all right the reason my rim sleep is as high as it is because i usually get i was getting less rim than this I get above an hour only if I use, um, there's a company called Lifecycle, L-I-F-E-C-Y-K-E-L. They're lion's mane dual extract. It's the only thing I've ever found that just pops my rim way up. Okay. Uh, and I, I just interviewed the guys. I think the interview went up this week as we're, we're recording this. I went up on the show. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting because I've tried a bunch of different stuff. But that's the thing that gave me more dreams than L-theanine or anything else, maybe that'll work for you. Don't don't do it in the middle of Wimbledon. <laughs> Wait till you're oh, done and check it out. But I'm already on Amazon ordering it right now. <laughs> All right. Um, it, but uh, it, let's uh, we we can connect afterwards too. I got a couple more ideas for you. Um, I want to know when did you guys get to Wimbledon to manage your jet lag? Like like as pro athletes, you know you're gonna have to get used to it. You want to be at the top yeah. of your game. Does it take you a week, two weeks? Like how does that work? Yeah, we've we've been in Wimbledon already for um, two weeks. We played a warm-up event, and now we're just settling in, and we're practicing at Wimbledon every day. So we had a good 14 days to get adjusted to the jet lag. Um, Bob's a lot of – I mean, he goes home a lot of times. He'll fly uh, across the Atlantic to, to Florida to pick up his kids and then comes in, and um, you bounce back pretty strong. But for me, um, I like to get here a good uh, two weeks just to have your best chance. This is the biggest wow. tournament of the year. You want to feel good, come out of the gates um, hot and, and play well right from the beginning. So, yeah, we've been here for a while. Yeah. So, so now flying back and forth, that's not I wouldn't do that unless I had to. That's not <laughs> recommended. But I, I have done that. No, no. I, OK, you don't do it recreationally. But all right, there's family stuff. If I have to, I do it. Yeah, exactly. Your family is important, right? OK. All right. I, I can respect that. I, I was about to say, uh, so Mike, you know, brotherly love, do you ever feel like just kind of tripping him when, when he's not looking just because, you know, he, he keeps, you know, not falling over from the things that would knock you out? I mean, do you, do you get a little bit like, what the heck? This guy's like, you know. He's extremely lucky. I mean, before every meal, I'm popping digestive enzymes and he's, you know, I got my fish oils, I got my turmeric, I got all this stuff. And he's, he's only taken a few supplements in his life. I could probably... F- fill up a swimming pool of all the pills that I've taken. <laughs> Which one of you has a metal hip? I'm just saying. That's right. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> I use that against Mike, him. Every yeah, day. I use that every day. It's like, he got the last laugh <laughs> and I keep telling him, oh, sniper's coming for you, buddy. He's coming oh. hard. I don't know about that. <laughs> Ouch. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to defy you. Yeah. We'll see. I, I remember, uh, I filmed this documentary called moldy and I interviewed a, a husband and wife couple and the the wife was having all these weird symptoms because their house had toxic mold in it. And they're both doctors. And, and he's like, I, I feel nothing. right? And, and finally, uh, she said, I must have a problem in my head. <laughs> but she said, but my temperature is a little bit high. So I guess it must be real. And went down this whole two-year biopsying everything in the body to figure out what's going on. And they're like, oh, it's the mold in our house. The reason I'm bringing that up is he sat there, the husband who had no symptoms, and said, you know what? I finally realized this is real. Like, whatever's going on with her, it's not in her head. It's actually a biology thing. Uh, but it took him a long time before he was just kind of like, what the heck? Yeah. And now, this is a, a question for you, Bob. Do you? Th- how much of this do you think is in Mike's head versus is just something different in his biology? Um, I mean, look, I, I, I definitely feel like we um, are built the same way. And yeah. and I do feel um, the gluten free and all that stuff has been really good for me. I was 
feeling some aches and pains around 32 years old. And I finally turned to Mike and I'm like, uh, so what are you doing again? And so he, he got me on that. The reason why I was able to hold off 10 more years before I felt anything that might have to do from when we were little babies. Um, but who knows, you know, I think Mike's a good, um, influence on me. He helps me with all the cutting edge, um, supplements and all that. So I'm, I'm getting a dose of that from him. Um, is he a little bit crazy with it? Um, I think maybe a little bit, um, you know, I, I, <laughs> right. I, I, I mean, <laughs> he, lo- he loves it. Um, he's a health nut and he, he researches it. He listens to all the podcasts and, uh, and I don't have, unfortunately, I don't have time. I got the three kids. I'm running yeah. around changing diapers. Maybe if I didn't have the kids, who knows? But, um, so look, I just kind of, you know, go, I just kind of roll with it. He's always got a pocket full of pills. Um, and you know, I ask him what he's taking. He, he tells me what he's taking and the reasons for it. And, you know, um, sometimes I jump on board, sometimes I don't, but I think as, um, as we're getting older and we want to prolong our career, um, I'm definitely going to have to start looking for, for those, um, those answers, you know, because, you know, at 41, this, this wasn't an age that people were supposed to play tennis. And especially we were on the courts since we were two years old. This doesn't make sense. You know, my hip finally blew out. Uh, other stuff should blow out soon. So um, I think what he's learned is going to prolong that. But it's um, it's funny you brought up the mold. We stayed in a Airbnb in Rome um, a month ago. And I could kind of, when I walked into the Airbnb, I could sit, I could like, almost smelled and or taste the mold. I could, it was so yeah. damp in there. And so I stayed there for two days and I couldn't think I was just yes. a corpse. <laughs> yeah, you and, were. and Bob had no symptoms. He, you know, I just was, didn't want to pa- repack and, and move out. Like I was just too lazy to, to get out of there, but, but maybe I, said, I was a little sleepy. <laughs> it, mold also drives laziness. It, it'll make you just sit there and take it. Cause you're like, I don't know. My willpower just went down. Cause my mitochondria went down. So that, that can be part of it. Yeah. Okay. So what happened? Did you move out? I, I, I had to move out and, and, um, we had our trainer and physio and he had the same type of symptoms where he was tired all day. Hadn't couldn't focus, couldn't really ho- even hold a conversation. I was just like in a fog. And I'm like, yeah, I think we got to get out of here. Um, I looked in the bathroom and I saw some like exposed pipes and I'm like, let's go, man. Um, this hotel's on me. Let's roll. And yeah, <laughs> it took about a day, 24 hours. And then I snapped out of it and, and my brain came back online. And, uh, but Bob, unbelievable. is just, um, just Iron little, Man. It's a little bit tougher, <laughs> mentally tougher. The, <laughs> there are people who who have uh, just less of an immune responsiveness to that stuff. It's not good for you either, uh, but it it's just it doesn't cause the inflammation like that. Uh, did you look at your heart rate variability or your sleep quality? Yeah, those my, nights? my sleep quality was uh, horrendous. My heart yeah. rate variability was dropping like a rock. Um, yeah, everything was off. Everything I was just just struggling. Felt more inflamed. All the joints were inflamed. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's amazing. You can't see the mold, but it's, it's getting in your body and, and just wreaking havoc. I'm always a little worried about Airbnbs because a lot of the ones that are full-time Airbnb, they turn all the air conditioning off until someone's in there. And so it's just an opportunity for mother nature to do its work of you know, breaking down wood uh, when, yeah. uh, when no one's there. So I, uh, yeah, I've checked out of lots of places. I'm like, you know what? This place smells a little bit like a mop. I'm <laughs> yeah. not sleeping here. That's right. That's smart. <laughs> all right. I want to talk about music now. You guys play music together. You've actually played like with Counting Crows and done all sorts of cool stuff. You have your own EP, uh, which is unusual. Do you think that what you do on the court is influenced because you play music together? I mean, musicians are working mm-hmm. together. I've, I've seen people jamming before, and my my dad's a bluegrass guy, and like there's there's some kind of a thing that happens in, in terms of brain synchronization between musicians. And they've looked at it under fMRI and with EEGs about you know, what jazz improv people do. It's fascinating. Yeah. Do you think some of that helps your play? Uh, I think definitely. We've spent more time in this music room. We used to live together for 15 years, and we had a music room. We'd practice for a couple hours, and then we'd probably spend about six to eight in the music room just jamming. Bob's a keyboard player. I'm a guitar player. And we would just be in sync. We'd be locked in. We'd know 
when a guy's going to solo, when to slow it down, build the dynamics, bring it down. So we were just kind of, you know, in the same pocket. And I could tell when we went onto the court, we were, we carried that, that flow um, and played better doubles. And wow. And then, you know, then we, you know, I got married, we moved apart. He actually moved to a separate coast uh-huh. and we used to have all that time together and in the music room on the court. And then during the off season, we'd spend time apart. We'd show up at Australia and we'd be a little bit off sync. Um, we used to win the Aussie open almost every year, but then we went in there and, um, we struggled. And I think it's, it's just being just, I don't know, just sharing that groove, you know, it's like you're just locked in with the, with another person, your heartbeats are probably beating the same, um, you know, and then you carry it on the court, but then we lost that for a while. And so now we bring the instruments on the road with us and we make sure we're, we're jamming in hotel rooms and, uh, we really feel that it, it helps our tennis. It's amazing. Yeah. Is there a particular song that you guys like to play together before you go out and dominate on the courts? We're big, we're big um, Dave Matthews guys. We've, we've seen okay. um, Dave Matthews like, you know, probably 30 times yeah. in concert. And he likes to do extended cool. jams. And some of our songs last about 30 minutes, um, which is which is a blast. It's just a great outlet to the stress of tennis and always being on court, working your body. And then you can come and you can really just chill out, go off to a different universe and um, the getting creativity going, it's like it just really balances out the other part of the brain. Um, so we we still just love it. Um, we didn't have TV in our house growing up, so my dad put all the instruments in the living room. We'd come back, eat dinner, and then he'd teach us all these oldies. And then we went off to college. We went off to college and we learned music theory and learned how to play together. And um, wow. still doing it just every day. Every day, yeah, we have a guitar right here next to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that that is super cool. So that that's a way to synchronize. Have you taught other doubles players, or do you know of other doubles players who are using music to help their teamwork on the court? No, uh, luckily, most of these guys don't know how to play a lick of music. You you go back in in the day, and everyone played like Johnny Mag, Yannick. You know, all these guys are great musicians. Pat Cash, and I think we're the only guys along with a couple um, guys from France or whatever that, that play. And um, I think maybe technology is killing that. Um, just the phones and the, the social media, it's killing so many hours in the day that um, yeah. it's being lost, I feel, a little bit. Um, the, like hobbies. I feel like hobbies are being squashed by, um, you know, the four or five, six hours of screen time. Uh, each day because it, it's very it's very weird to hear that no one plays music it it's true man I, I didn't think about that but the number of people's low uh so with your kids are they getting screen time yeah they're getting a, a touch um just to give my wife and i a, a little break um our nanny did not travel on this trip um so we're both scrambling um wimbledon has a great crash um so they spend a few hours there while I'm practicing. Um, my wife is super mom. She takes them to the parks and does a tennis. And um, we got music That's going. hardcore. It's hard. It's hard. It's, it's really I mean, to, um, to, physical. To have your kids. It was Wimbledon. Like, you need to be on. And to have your kids there and, and your whole family without help. Okay, we might both sound like spoiled fathers or something like that. But when... I go to the Bulletproof Conference. I'm on stage like all day, every day, yeah. and, and just it's high pressure. And I love having my kids there. I wouldn't travel without them. But if we didn't have some help, I, I think my head would explode. So yeah, you're, you're, you're there. You guys are managing on your own. Yeah, and my <laughs> head does explode. Um, you know, just just the battle from getting them from the house to the car, the, the socks, the shoes. I mean, you know, <laughs> the toweling them off in the shot. Uh, it's just it's wild sometimes. So. <laughs> I think maybe the day before the tournament, I'll probably um, tell my wife, you know, look, this is this is on you. I'm I'm checking out for a little while. Get my get my headset. But um, yeah, it, it's it's physical. You know, how many? How do you do? You have kids? Yeah, I've got a an older uh, girl, younger boy. They're uh, twelve and nine now. Okay. Okay. And yours are how old? Seven, five, and three. So okay. So you're right wow. at that age where, you know, they ask you the same thing 20 times and you're trying to just yeah. focus on one thing and you're just, you're like, I'm not going to focus today if the kids are around. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
but my wife she wants to do a do a homeschool thing for a year while you know um, we keep playing and the, so it looks like this this road show is going to keep going for a while. They're all coming. Yeah, it'll. Uh, from what I can tell, they they settle into it. I've interviewed yeah. a, a few people who are who are doing that with their kids and having a great time. We're we're thinking about doing the same thing. <laughs> well, talk, let's talk about kids a little bit more. You guys, sixteen years ago, started the Brian Brothers Foundation to help kids. Yeah. At the very beginning, before you were as big of a deal in tennis as you are now. So what drove you to start your foundation and to focus it on at-risk youth? Well, Andre Agassi was our idol. Um, we loved him, posterized our room. He's one of the reasons we're, we're playing today. Uh, he was a god to us. Um, so we idolized He's him. He's a great guy, too. Yeah, great guy. I, I'm assuming you guys have, have interacted with him in a while. Yeah, we, we idolized yeah. him growing up, you know, as, as little kids, as teenagers. Got his autograph when I think we were 10 years old. Then we, his, his uh, career spans such a long time. We actually, I played singles against him. Mike played singles against him at the, at the U.S. Open. We played doubles against him. He was, on our, he was our Davis Cup teammate and kind oh, wow. of mentored us. Um, and he, had that, he has that amazing foundation in, in Vegas where they do schools. Yeah. And so, you know, he's talked to us about it. We thought, wow, he's making such an impact. Maybe we can do one, one million, millionth of what he's doing. So we started our foundation. He helped us launch it. Uh, he came to our first event. Um, you know, it sold out. He helped us raise a bunch of money. And then we were off to the races. Um, but we have a, a group of kids called Team Brian. Um, it's mentoring. It's after school programs. It's it's kids that are from tough situations, just giving them a chance. Um, and then 95 percent of these kids go on to get college scholarships. And we use tennis. You know, we give them tennis lessons, but, um, and these are schools like Stanford, Harvard. So they're, they're going on to become, um, like leaders in the community. So we have really great teachers that are helping him. Ryan Wolfington is one of our buddies. He's, he's in an amazing job. And now we do a couple events a year. We've teamed up with Jack Nicholas and we do a tennis and golf event in, um, Palm beach, Florida. And we get some of our friends like Serena or Andy Murray to come play tennis with people that are willing to pay, you know, hefty uh, sum. And then the next day golf with, you know, Ricky Fowler, Jack, um, Dustin Johnson. So we have a, a hell of a, a hell of a time and we raise a ton of money, but uh, it's been, it's been a real good, you know, feel good project. Um, and we'll probably do more of it when we, when we retire, get more involved. Got it. Uh, what's the, the core motivation they say? It sort of feels good. I mean, what's, when you wake up in the morning, like, all right, I could play music, I could be with my kids, I could go practice, I could go recover, yeah. like, or I could, you know, help kids, uh, you know, or, or do these charitable activities. Like, what what's going on for you mentally, emotionally, spiritually when you think about philanthropy and how you fit it in your life? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, kids are innocent. Um, you know, I see it. My kids are, you know, bright-eyed and, you know, they're lucky they come from a great situation. I think kids, they have no control over you know, their parents or where they live or, or how much money they have. And, and it's nice if we can change their situation for the, for the better, give them some place to go after school, if they're struggling, um, or if they're on the street and, um, you know, we use tennis and mentoring, um, to just kind of change the path of their life. And I think, um, you know, the education part of it is, is what really makes a difference. It, it empowers them to go on after, the program to, to, you know, do, do great, great things. So yeah, there's been a couple of situations with the kids that are, you know, they've wanted to commit suicide and, you know, just us being able to talk to them and wow. uh, give them, you know, just some hope is it's been, it's been really special for us. So you're left-handed, which means you're right-brained. All right. So that was the, the Bob answer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Is it the same for both of you? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're we do everything together. Um, as do you, you think said, of it the same way though? Yeah. It's, it's, it's rewarding. Um, just trying to get out of your, your daily routine and think about other people is, you know, a good thing. And, and these kids are, are so innocent and to, uh, be able to impact their lives and help them, um, achieve their dreams is, it, it just feels awesome. Um, and it's something that Andre has dedicated his whole life to now. Once he, he retired his kids and he yeah. he does events all the time. And he's one of the happiest guys I know. 
Um, he was just on the Wimbledon. He's always smiling and beaming. And, you know, I feel I feel great when I get out of my own world and my supplements and my sleep and I'm, <laughs> you know, do things for other people. Um, so it, it actually gives back to you, too. But um, we're really um, grateful that we can, you know, help kids. Yeah, it it does feel good. I um, I do various things like that lately. It's been schools for girls in Africa. Uh, uh, and you know, like you you see what happens. Um, yeah, we this I guess in 2018 uh, we funded four villages, a school in each village. Um, and it's like you you look at the difference in quality of life, and yeah, like there's something that feels good for you, and you know you're making the world a better place. But also you're like wow, like all right, like I I don't know, it it's, makes your heart feel good. So I'm I'm with you there, and it it feels like sometimes uh, people don't talk about you know philanthropy. It's a little bit of a selfish activity because yeah. it does like it opens your heart. Right? Yeah. you want to open your heart. So yeah. it's, all, it's all good. Like everybody wins in that That's scenario. True. Okay. That's... Now I have another question, and I think I'm gonna have to ask each of you this separately. And since uh, I know Bob, you listen to the show, you probably have already forecast this, but this has to do with Superhuman, my new book that comes out in October, my anti-aging book, this whole Dave, you're gonna live to 180. Okay. All right, let's start. Um, Mike, what do you think? How long are you gonna live? I'm on every supplement possible, and I, I feel like I'm doing nice. a lot right. I felt yeah. like I, I came into the world behind the eight ball a little bit, but it feels like I'm kind of reversing the tables, and my body's feeling better year after year. Uh, I mean, I know you're going for 180, um, I think I'm going to be there me, though. right, right behind you. Um, I, I don't want to say I'm going to go a number. You want a number? Uh, I would say a, a buck 79. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Man, your skin's going to look weird. No, no, but there's going to be new technologies. I'll be facelift stem cells, whatever there is. But, you know, I want to feel good. I want to be happy. Uh, it, it would be really cool just to accumulate more and more knowledge and be able to share with you know, other people, uh, that's the cool thing about being wiser and older. Um, you know, we're, we're helping kids now and, and trying to give them our perspective. But if you can live that long, I mean, we're going to have a lot of stuff floating around. You're going to be really good at guitar. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and imagine what your, your charity could do over the course of another hundred years of being led that way. Like, yeah. All right. I love it. It's one one seventy nine. You're you're getting up there. Um, yeah, All I'll right. take I'll take ninety two. Um, you know, look, I I want to live as as long as I can. I want to help my kids. Obviously, um, I want to see them grow. I want to I want to see my grandkids. I want to see them. You know, maybe play tennis or do sports and and be successful. Whatever they do. So, I want to be a. a around as long as I can you know I don't think anyone's looking forward to dying um yeah. so I'll I'll jump on the supplement train and with Mike a little bit no more antibiotics yeah that's right um it's yeah. weird I have to take antibiotics now when I go to the dentist with my new oh because um, of your the metal your in my body so that's maybe going to hurt my cause <laughs> but um you know you you could just do intravenous ozone which would I do that much do the same thing I, if, if it was me and I was just taking antibiotics prophylactically, like let's let's disrupt your microbiome, which we know is destructive in case you might get a really bad infection. It turns out systemic ozone is pretty strongly antimicrobial. By the way, I'm sure most doctors listening to this are like, Dave, you're a jerk. You know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> Listen to the interview with Dr. Schallenberger. I didn't make this up. <laughs> like, or I this can is coming just from alternative medicine. Eat really hard and not go to the dentist. <laughs> there you go. Just rinse with some hydrogen peroxide. Yeah. You'll be fine. Walk it off. So yeah, I mean, look, I, I want to go for for a while. So I'm with you guys <laughs> for for a while. All right, but but at least 92. But but more if you can do it and you're comfortable. Yeah, yeah. I I want to see. Uh, I want to be with my family as long as I can. So I'll be doing everything I can to get the most uh, most years. You got to get that book. When's that book coming out? October, right? Uh, it's uh, October 5th or 8th right, or something like that. But it's, it's on Amazon right. now. But I'll hook me up. I'll get you. Uh, I'll get you an early copy. Thank you. I, uh, I know a guy. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Superhuman. Yeah, it, awesome. it's a uh, it's it's a good one. And there's some stuff. I mean, you 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 already know this, uh, Mike. And there's some stuff you should start now. A lot of it's just like don't take the hits. And since you guys you travel a lot, which is not good, so do I. Uh, <laughs> and 
you know, you've, you've been working out for a very long time at a very high level. So there's some systems that get enhanced by that and some that get worn down. So like, what are the ones that have been worn down? How do you enhance those? And the ones that you made stronger, those are going to serve you. So it, it's all just about, you know, take, take less hits and, uh, uh, recover better. And when you're 80, you'll be looking around going, man, we we're kicking all of our friends' asses and oh, like nothing it. wrong with that. This is going to be a great case study. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it will be because you're twins, right? You know, we'll see. I would, what, what, what's your skin look like when you're both 80? Yeah. And I can tell you the one with the most supplements might have better looking skin. I'm just saying. Uh, well, thanks for <laughs> all your knowledge and your books and, and your supplements and everything. Because three or four years ago, my cytokine levels were high. My inflammation was high. Changed my diet, added more fat. I'm actually doing the Bulletproof Coffee on court, which looks a little nice. weird. Um, wow. But it it def- definitely helps with focus and helps sustain for long matches. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm on the cutting edge. A lot of these players are behind me, but eventually everyone's going to catch up. So they're all going to be bulletproof. But it's wow. nice to be ahead of the pack. Oh, th- thanks for letting me know. that. <laughs> That's so cool. It, it makes me genuinely just happy when I, I learn that someone just at the very top of their game uh, is using you know, some of the stuff I figured out. So that gen- just genuine thanks for that. And guys, I know you've got to get some rest, get some sleep, get some family time, get some really good nutrition because you are hitting the courts in two days at Wimbledon. Thank you for being on Bulletproof Radio. Thanks for taking the time. And I just appreciate your level of excellence and just God, 20 years of just just continuously kicking ass. It's it's really impressive. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate Thanks, it, Dave. Fun. A human upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.